Movies, it's Maya with Literal Thoughts Radio. Literal Thoughts. Since the dawn of time, I have been called a hoe, slut, thought, and I decided, you know what? If I'm going to be called a thought, I'm going to be a literal thought. Who's the finest of them all? And show the world that there is more to a person than just being a sexual being. Yes, our sexuality empowers us, but it is only one of our layers. We are creative, we are artistic, we are multi-talented people. On this show, I will bring out many guests that are just as sexy, smart, and badass. Shout out to Tastemakers Radio. Tastemakers Radio. Dash Radio and the homie True. If you want to follow me, my Instagram is at M-A-Y-A underscore L-Y-N-N-E. And the magazine Instagram is at L-T underscore Z-I-N-E. Good morning, Thoughts. Welcome back to episode two of Literal Thoughts Radio. We have a very special guest on today. He is a multimedia artist, bossy, bottom, and creature from the underground. He is also one of my best friends. Please welcome Ezrotic. Hi, Ezzy. What up, Maya? Hello, baby. Shout out to Literal Thoughts, first of all. Thank you for having me at Tastemakers. Let's go. That means a lot. You've been with me on my journey with Literal Thoughts forever. Honestly, I've known you for a while now. I know. We were talking about it today. It's pretty crazy how far back we go. To start off, I wanted to introduce you and talk about where you came from. Right. So tell us a little bit more about growing up in Victorville, which is basically the middle of nowhere. It's funny that you bring up Victorville because not a lot of people know where Victorville is. I always call it the ball sack of California because it's literally <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. No way. You grew up in the ball sack and I grew up in the wing. I know, I know that you grew up in Miami, which is like completely different from Victorville, but it's so funny that we have like the same kind of upbringing. Yeah. It's interesting because you can be anywhere in the world, but growing up kind of in maybe poverty or Mm -hmm. in circumstances that are in a maybe underground community Mm -hmm. a little backstory like my mom is from el salvador she migrated here in 89 i was born in 93 in the 90s um she settled in victorville um, and i grew up there until i moved out um growing up there was really crazy i mean it's like in the middle of nowhere like as a gay child like, uh, it's pretty insane. Yeah, Victorville, I don't think a lot of people know about Victorville. They think of California and they think of the desert. They think of... They, they only know of Victorville, like, driving through to go to Vegas. Yes. So they're like, I'm not stopping here. Yes, <laughs> or, like, on the way to somewhere fancier, like Palm Springs or right. Joshua Tree. And people don't understand there's so many parts of the desert where it's just, like, isolated and secluded. There's, like, not much going on, but there's so many people growing up there. We're definitely not a Joshua Tree, let me tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a little bit sketchy and dangerous. Yeah. And growing up in those types of areas, there's not a lot of people... It's not a common, like, big city, so there's not a lot of people, and you have a lot of space to do with whatever you can with nothing. Right, I mean, growing up, we definitely took what we had and made it something, um, which I'm super grateful for. And it's taught me, like, how to survive in a world where, like, I don't come from nothing, but I make something, which is super beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Um, Victorville is really hot. So hot. It's really hot. I mean, look at me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's it's one of those places like you can go crazy in. Yeah, because it's in the middle of nowhere. It's almost like it's um, imagine being somewhere so secluded where it feels like there's no laws and no one looking over you. Exactly. Um. So you get to like create this world where you can be whoever you want, and necessarily that was never like in my upbringing because I did grow up a uh, Catholic. Oh. which was insane the as, like, as, a, as a gay child like I always dreamed of leaving Victorville yeah and meeting others like you I think Miami's kind of like that too because it's so hot and it's like people go crazy there there's so much drug abuse and there's so much poverty and even though there's like a really big city it's like most of it isn't that big city right so it's like people go to the desert they go to vegas and then there's like all these parts that people don't know about. i never heard of anybody going i'm going to victorville ever <laughs> never it's always like i'm gonna get out of victorville yeah or like be careful when you drive through <laughs> there <laughs> our, our thing in victorville is like um uh, it's victimville victimville victorville is always it's pretty known as like i've always seen seen it like on the list of like the dangerous cities in mm-hmm. california and victorville is always on the list no totally i remember when i first moved to california i would like go to joshua tree lot and i would go out to those places and then i would kind of make friends with people in the desert and then i would be like in the hot springs and then i would be right, like right, the, right. like you would see how there's so many parts of it where it's actually very hood right and dangerous and like it is kind of a desolate place where people go to be crazy and not have to have anyone watch it's like i say that about florida all the time it's like the wild wild south like people don't know what's going on down there there's just so much illegal activity i mean as like a child um i've always like dreamed of leaving victorville and like people make a living there for sure and like shout out out to victorville like if you're living there like it is a it is a place where you go to like find like solace and economically right. like, people want to go and like settle down there because it is a quiet city. It's more affordable. It's more affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always knew that there was like something greater and like I needed to get out. Well, like, well, what was it like being a child there? Like how how was it just like having that desert where you kind of are unsupervised yeah. in a sense. I mean, my mom made a pretty good living for us there um, until like shit kind of went south. Yeah. Um, I think it was it was I had to find like um, solace and like growing up. I don't even know what to say. Like independently. <laughs> independently. Yeah. yeah, because it is it is a strange place and like to to for your mom to be like making money and to be maintaining a household especially as like an immigrant like she came from el salvador in the 90s and she kind of like made a pretty good living for us until it was like really bad right and that's how you ended up in victorville is that your mom came from el salvador yeah well tell us a little bit about her story how did she end up there well she she was born in el salvador and she came um in like 89 she found a home for us um i was born in 93 um she kind of went into like the place where like survival mode like as many of the immigrants coming into this country do Mm -hmm. um she kind of did make a couple bad decisions which kind of threw our lives into like this hamster ball right and then we kind of had to figure it out like um me and my mom were separated for years um, yeah. because of her bad decisions. She was be operating back but, door a little bit. Of course. Yeah, and that's where our our similarities come from in growing up mm-hmm. is that maybe we grew up with parental figures who were operating back in the back 
of things. Yeah, and, and, and you not have the to you have way. to do that because like our government isn't really set up for like us. Exactly, you know? especially for immigrants coming mm-hmm. to this country, mm-hmm. especially for poor people who mm-hmm. don't have you know access to resources. The one thing that I admire about my mother is like she came, she came, and she kind of made a living for us as well as she could. It's a hustler. Even, a hustler. Maybe Beyonce said it well. A diva is a female version of a hustler, Shout and she out, did Mom. that. She did that really well, um, but that doesn't go to show that like my upbringing was per like perfect, yeah, glorifiable. We've definitely been through some crazy shits. Right. Uh, that made that's made me the person that I am today. Right. Which and I'm super thankful for, but it took a lot of years to like get that out of me. Definitely, I think not a lot of people are able to come from situations that are challenging like that and like apply it into maybe a space of the world where it's more welcome and like hustling isn't something that everyone grows up with Mm -hmm. or is influenced by and like we both have moms that are hustlers right Um, my mom's had every single job bitch yeah drug dealer (laughs) who knows what else who knows whatever they want to tell us shout out mom what's up but it is interesting, like, growing up, because I grew up in trap houses, too. Yeah. I grew up in environments where drug selling and trading was a regular. And you, as a child, you don't know that's what's going on. You kind of I remember just... one time, like, a, a gentleman came to our house, and he asked, like, where's my mom? Because he's trying to buy sugar. Sugar. And I was, like, four years ask old. neighbor for sugar. I was, I was four years old, and I knew exactly what he was talking about. And I'm like, oh, you're talking to me like a fucking child, which I was. But at the time, I'm like, I am so, like, in tune with that. Like, Yes, and to add to that point, I've always felt that way, too. It's like, even as a child I felt like I had an adult mindset because you're not you might be treated as a child to someone who doesn't know you but in that household you're not treated as a child Mm -hmm. you're you're there and you know what's going on and you kind of grow this like adult personality as a child they always used to call me metiche which in Spanish is like nosy yeah yeah. I was like I was really interested in like and like adult like adulthood like I wanted to be in the conversation I wanted to know what the fuck was going on Mm-hmm. And, like, now, like, as an adult, like, I think that really helps me because I, I, I think one step ahead and, like, I'm always, like, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, you're kind of already intuitively, like, trying to assess the situation exactly. or know what, what's popping, what's happening right now. Right. Yeah, with um with growing up like that, too, and having that child mentality, you're not really given the traditional childhood that other people are. Yeah, I grew up really fast. And it kind of adds on to your personality, like, as a kid everyone was like you were so angry and you were so bossy Mm -hmm. and it's like i was so bossy because i was always handling shit Mm -hmm. even as a child i had to like i mean we've had conversations like i've known you for a couple years now and like we i've had conversations with you where i'm like i was like a super angry like teenager and that always stems from like my childhood right and i think like a form of healing was having a conversation like with my parent like saying like yo like i was this way because of a b and c exactly and it kind of gives them and it sucks that it happened so later on but it's still such a like uniting feeling or connecting thing to to tell them like I was that way and my behavior was so much of this way because of what you of course, brought to the table. Because, like, my mother's story was her story, mm-hmm. but, like, mine was, like, 
I got arrested with my mom. Like, I went mm-hmm. into foster care, like, by myself, like, as a six-year-old kid. Like, my life completely changed in the matter of seconds. Yeah, actually, five, six was the age that I also went into foster care. Right. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that, because I think it's interesting that, you know, when it comes to homes with parents that are having to look out for resources to survive, like drug selling and things like that, they get demonized in the public eye, but re- mm-hmm. in reality, they're just trying to like sustain their families. Of course. But in government in America, they think mm-hmm. of that as a crime. So they can really attack a family structure and they take children from their homes. Well, how did that happen to you? Well, my story was we got raided when I was around six. Um, I actually got arrested with my mom. They arrested and, like, a six-year-old. They arrested Did a six-year-old. Did they have little baby bitch cuffs? Or, they, like, how do they, they put cu- those on they, you? They cuffed me up, and I was sitting in the SWAT van with my mom. Yeah. Um, I saw her go into the jail building, and then I waited, like, a couple hours for, like, my guardian to come pick me up. Right. And it was so crazy, because, like, my guardian had the same name as my mom. Was it someone you knew or was it a stranger? It was someone that she knew. Oh, okay. So... But I didn't really know her. I'm a fucking right, child. Right, right. It's like your mom telling, like, this is right, going to be his guardian. And right. at that age, our mom is going to say some random person. It was really scary know. because that was like, the <laughs> first time that, like, I was, like, separated from my mom. You right. know what I mean? Like, I had no idea, like, what was really going on. I'm still, like, growing up. No, um, I it definitely, no idea. It definitely taught me, like, not to trust, like, people. And mm-hmm. I was always so on guard, like, at this point lady's home you know right. I didn't really know her no and it, you know your mom's behavior hasn't been the most like securing at that age so like mm-hmm. if you can't trust your parental figure you can't trust who they're putting you in the hands of too exactly. I got taken away too from my mom um, from Homestead Miami which is like and it's a majoritively like it's a southern community but it's a lot of people of color mm-hmm. and like i remember getting taken away and it's just so crazy for the government to come in mm-hmm. and these people who claim to be social services mm-hmm. you know they are social services and they're actually taking you from your parent mm-hmm. they're putting your parent into jail or mm-hmm. wherever rehab in my case mm-hmm. and then for me, I went to a foster home first, mm-hmm. and then I ran away, and then I went to a shelter, and it goes on from there, but it's, if she would have provided a guardian, I yeah. wouldn't have felt welcome I mean, either. yeah, no, it was very different. Like, she did provide, like, a guardian, but at the same time, like, I didn't know her. No. Or her husband. Like, no. it was just, like, I was just, like, in kind of limbo, and, like, yeah. Back then, I remember, like, oh, my God, I'm never going to see my mom again. Like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? Yeah, when are you going to come back? <laughs> when are you coming One back? One time, my mom, like, <laughs> dude, one time my mom, like, was like, okay, you're going to, I'm going to be right back. I'm just going to be right back in, like, an hour and drops me and my brother off at her friend's apartment. Mm-hmm. And her friend puts on Chucky on this large screen no TV. Way. And we're sitting there watching Chucky. And I'm like, when is this woman going to come back? <laughs> it was literally two weeks later. You know, it's hilarious. But you're with a stranger. You're like, who are you? You know, it's hilarious. My, I used to watch Chucky with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, the first horror movie that I've ever seen. And, like, I don't know why, but I was so, like, obsessed with Chucky. Yeah. And I remember one time, like, we needed money. So she sold my fucking VHS <gasps> and, like, all my movies. And I'm like, how am I going to watch Chucky? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, now what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Maybe that's where your ginger fetish might come. And I want to know more about your mom and how she influenced, like, your art and your style. Because like, you have so much honor for your family and your upbringing. Like, I how do. Did that I mean, like, my you? mom is honestly, like, my only family that I have. And she has really inspired me to be a go-getter. 
um just the fact of like coming to like a foreign country and like not knowing like your next step is like really like empowering like she made a life like for us whether it was like good or bad in like the american standard she still like sustained like money and a home for me um when she did go to like go to jail like yeah I what was, happened like, after i was that? honestly like it was really scary um and then i went to live with my aunt who's my mom's like biological sister um she wasn't like the greatest person to me especially mm-hmm. because she was like so religious and like growing up you're still trying to figure out like especially after going through something so traumatic like right. that, i'm still trying to figure out like my own like my right. own like purpose on this earth even though i'm like so young i'm like what am i doing and here and you don't even know you're gay <laughs> yet too yeah. and that adds everyone, a huge element to it everyone knew i was gay before i did right of course <laughs> yeah same i mean <laughs> but in in oh, in my aunt's household she was very like a pentecostal catholic what is that exactly like, pentecostal catholic to me is like you abide by the bible you abide by the the catholicism it's almost like um on our Orthodox and Orthodox Judaism. It's like it's like very strict. It's very that. Mm. Yeah, she would always like have me like wake up uh, on Sunday to go to church right. and like obviously like I was like I've always been like a really effeminate like person. Yes. So like she would always come up to me and be like, "Are you gay?" And I'm like, "I don't even know what that means." Yeah, and it makes you feel like it's something you're not supposed to be by the context that they're introducing it to you. In. Right. I mean, my yeah. first like like I remember my first crush. His name was Anthony. Tell us uh he was in like fifth or sixth grade when i was in kindergarten and i had the biggest fucking crush on him and like going home like you it was almost like the the like gay was kind of erased you know what i mean so if you like boys you're a girl if you like girls you're You're a boy boy. so that shit Mm -hmm. really confused me i'm like okay so if i like this person i'm obviously like I'm a girl. a girl. Am I a girl? I remember when I was younger too. I was like, I was like, damn. Like, I remember telling my my kindergarten like friends, I'm like, oh, I'm a tom girl. Like, I'm oh, a tom girl. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I can relate in an alternate universe. Like, I was very not feminine until I was in my twenties. So, like, I always and I grew up with boys and by a guy. So, like, I always felt very masculine. Yeah. And like. It's not that I thought I was a boy. I just felt like I wasn't a girl, right. too. And I think that's why it's so beautiful where the world is at now. Oh, where for sure. It's we're like, not really, like, holding on to those... Absolutely, like, those standards. Yeah, those weird things that they kind of try to box us into. And I like you because I think it's funny how, like, you play with gender, but you don't exactly categorize yourself. No, not at all. And I respect anyone who does because those are forms of communication and they're empowering. And I respect that so much. But I also have so much, like, respect and love for people who kind of choose to not put themselves in a certain space because that's what's true to them. And you've always been one of One of my greatest qualities that I'm, like, super thankful that I I have is that, like, I don't, like, the first... Like, I don't think about gender mm-hmm. um, for myself personally. Like, I, you could call me whatever right. pronoun. Right. Um, I express myself freely. I'm super feminine. I, I feel super masculine sometimes. Like, it's, I'm just, like, on the spectrum, laying yeah. down. Yeah, I like, feel like you touch a little bit of everywhere. I do. So it wouldn't be fair to just put you into one thing or, like, say you're just, like, in the middle because you're not. You're all over the place. I am. And I love that about you. And I love that your mom, like, 
did overcome so much to get here and you're able to put that into perspective and appreciate her Mm -hmm. because I do think coming from backgrounds like that where you know you're you're growing up in these situations that are definitely not traditional Mm -hmm. majority of people would say that's like really you know dangerous or they would just like be like like how could a kid grow up there well guess what so many fucking kids grow up there so So many and they're just not their stories are just not told and they're just not given the space you know and i really appreciate you coming on to talk about this stuff thank you thank you for having me on i think it's super important that like people like parents who come and migrate here to like create like a better life for their kids like we sometimes overlook their stories Mm -hmm. of how they came here like I can't imagine like my mom like migrating here in the 80s and like come yeah she did come here illegally but like you have we have to respect that absolutely it's a it's a hustle and like it takes so much like you know, bravery and just like, like kind of like cutthroat ruthlessness to Mm -hmm. keep pushing forward and surviving Mm -hmm. against all odds, surviving and then still creating a home and a life. I love that you and your mom have such a good relationship. We have a great relationship now, but it it was a little like crazy for a couple years. With good reason. Because I always like held on to this anger of like, fuck, like, my life kind of fucking went through the hamster wheel and I didn't understand why. And sometimes I think like, damn, like you had no idea what it was like to like raise a child in America, no. especially a queer child in America. Yeah. Like, yeah. Surprise. Like um, <laughs> a lot of like, Latinos like don't really talk about like mental health. Like, no. at, like my mom would never tell me what the fuck is going they on. They quote unquote her. don't believe my in therapy. Nev- I've never been asked like, how are you? Mm-hmm mentally like what's going on i've never heard that yeah ever i had to go out and search for that they're not gonna be like how are you emotionally doing today <laughs> <laughs> well bitch do you really want to know like i don't have time for that <laughs> do you did really you eat know? today how much time do we why have are you upset this? did you eat <laughs> like, is your shoe like loose or broken what's wrong like right, it's like right. no there's something deeper going on here but it's true and it's because a lot of like different hispanic cultures and like those types of those regions of the world don't have therapy as something that is like you know offered it's one of my favorite things is like when i speak to like people of color especially latino people who come from like uh, my mom's country or anywhere in like latin america and like i speak to them and they tell me their stories like i i always like try to give like advice from like one of their children right yeah and i think it's so important because like they like for us to understand them they have to understand Understand us us. yeah and if i could give that to like a parent that's like dealing with a queer child Child, a trans child like i could kind of like guide them into how to talk to you know they're queer babies no it's so true like with my friend's parents whenever they like complain about something with their kid and then I like tell them like how their kid is feeling they're always like why do you have to go and put me in therapy right now we're not angry for no reason yeah and it's just like dude like I I think it's I think it's like communication you know Mm -hmm. what I mean because like like for from experience like a lot of Latino people don't really like to talk about their feelings. No, absolutely not. There's so much, unfortunately, there's so much, like, internalized 
stigmatized shame in Hispanic culture, especially with the gay community, especially with mental health, especially with health, period. Yeah. Even, like, food, because they're like, what do you mean? Like, to have food at all, you better be thankful. Like, mm-hmm. my dad wouldn't leave me at the dinner are. table until, like, every last bite because yeah. there's kids starving in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And, like, being a first-generation child from families that are from Central America or from other countries is like a whole other experience as an artist too like I've always had that like stereotype of like oh I came to this country you need to be a doctor you need to be a lawyer Mm. you need to be this you need to make money you have to make money Mm -hmm. which is which is true we all need to make money right but But can we do it less boring (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) like come on no yeah like you know my grandmother is one of the greatest artists I've ever seen in my life yeah she's an amazing Central American acrylic painter but me growing up she never wanted me to be an artist because she didn't think I would make money Mm -hmm. in America nowadays the art industry is huge and you can be Mm -hmm. a successful artist but for many many years she discouraged me from ever doing it Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't make money from it and it's like oh become a doctor become this become that Mm -hmm. and you get discouraged from it right you know and at the end of the day i remember one time i asked my mom i'm like how the fuck did i get here and she goes oh i was like outside one day and a plane flew by and you fell out of it (laughs) and i was like oh i want to be a fucking pilot that's it (laughs) and then she was like yeah a pilot and i'm like actually i don't know about that <laughs> She's like, yeah, you'll be a pilot. Right. Good job. Good job. I mean, I think you should definitely be a pilot one day. I would. One of my the... dreams is to fly, fly a fucking plane. I want like, first class on the erotic always airlines. So let's we're gonna get play drum and bass on the plane all the way. <laughs> so tell us more about when you moved to LA and how your upbringing might have influenced your adventure into creating. So I knew growing up in Victorville that there was, like, such a big world that I wanted to see, especially, like, being such a fan of, like, movies and art and especially music. I felt like Victorville was kind of suppressing me. So what I did in 2014, I, like, literally packed what I had in a bag and just moved to L.A. You just dipped the fuck out. I dipped the fuck out. And you went to a lot of shows, too, growing up in the desert. Yeah, of course. I was always into, like, hardcore shows, punk shows. My cousin had a band named Below Average, which was, like, my first love into punk music. Shout out. He would play shows at this um, venue called The Trilogy in Victorville. And if you're in Victorville, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was, like, this hole-in-the-wall venue. And uh, I remember he took me to, like, his show, and he pushed me into the pit. And I think, like, that's where I fell in love with music. Because I was, like... (laughs) Love at first push. There was so much energy (laughs) that I felt like I suppressed, like, through my childhood that I found in punk. Yes. I always talk about that. Like, punk music is a positive place where you can, like, channel all this anger and this rage and Mm -hmm. use it in, like, a positive way. And it's crazy because we're all, all of us in the room have, like, this kind of the same mentality and feeling that we just, like, express through music. And I think that's what, like, influenced, like, my fashion sense, too. Um, and music taste as well. Like, the, (laughs) the, the punk and metal scene, hardcore scene was, like, really... Um, passionate for me it was almost very sexual like it made me feel so free and so like inviting even though it was like super heavy and hard I just felt like I found a community that I I would have never um, experienced like on my own and I thank my cousin for that 
Yeah, shout out your cousin and those platforms where, like, we can actually get in touch with our sexuality and like you wouldn't expect that space to be something like that but it actually in turn can be mm-hmm. and really like is a safe space to channel so much sexual energy yeah and as like a gay man too like I remember going to the thrift stores when I was younger because like that was like we never bought like new clothes like no. ever so when I would go to the thrift stores I would listen to like Donna Summers on the speaker I would listen to Cher I would listen to Paula Abdul <laughs> and I was like so in love with the sounds and like the powerful women and then I would go to like these punk shows and fall in love with like the aggression right. and the passion yeah like, it's so important to me even now like yeah, coming from a whole different world. It's like as a child hearing these like amazing divas mm-hmm. like sing their hearts out and like feeling that in your soul. Yeah. It's just such a beautiful feminine energy. I love the feminine energy because I, I, I hold on to that very like closely. Like I was raised by women. All my idols are women, like Yeah, you have so much respect for women and I like do. the idols even in like punk and metal and rock music that you have like been inspired by tell us about some of those people i remember being at metal fest and i heard this woman screaming her fucking guts out (laughs) on the stage and i'm like where is that sound coming from and i was like running around fucking mayhem fest just like looking for the sounds and i saw maria brink from in this moment on stage and she was wearing like the cinderella dress and like the crowd was going insane and i was like that is so powerful and it's so crazy to see like yeah shout out to all the women in metal and punk like you guys are the pioneers yeah you guys matter as much as like the men in the game exactly i think for like a gay person to or a gay male it's like seeing these women who aren't welcome in these spaces owning their femininity and also being aggressive even like the female rappers like they remind me of my mother like coming into like a space where it's male dominated and not giving a shit about their gender and no. being so powerful and so expressive sexually. Yeah. I find so much home in that. Yeah, not asking for space, but taking, taking it. Taking it. It's super important. Ladies, yeah, yeah. take your space. We're take here. Your space. All girls to the front. Girl What's power, up? baby. Yeah, and when you moved to LA, you literally went with nothing. And I think that's such an inspiring like position to come from because... You definitely weren't that far from L.A., but to come from where you're coming from and get out of that bubble and out of that comfortability. Yeah, I mean, like, as I said, like, I I don't have family. It's just literally me and my mom and, like, my stepdad and brother. And, like, I packed, like, the bags that I have. And I came to L.A. in 2014. I went to L.A. film school for music production. Um, So I've, I've always had a love for music and making music. I just love how it makes people feel. And it gives, like, this expression of, like... You could be whoever you want. You could act however you want. As soon as you hear those sounds, like, it's just, like, godly. Yeah, it empowered you. And Music it resonated is my religion. Hell yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of ties together the whole story, because that's how we met, was through you being in school for music production, through right. a friend, and, like, meeting you in that time. You were just such a character, and you were always so, like, loud, and just, like, who you were... And I think a lot of people are like that, I guess, but not in the same like raw sensibility that you had brought to the table. I think it's because I learned from a really young age that like I was so in tune with myself, which like I feel like a lot of people 
come into this earth and like search for it right i think that like everything was like taken from me taken from me like as a like a really young age where i'm like okay i feel alone i have to create yeah like my space yeah and you have to own who you are and you're so used to fighting already you might as well fight for exactly (laughs) who the fuck you are right And and i like to capture that like when growing up in Victorville, like, I always imagined of these places that I wanted to go. And, like, I, I feel so fortunate to be able to, like, travel the world and capture, like, moments through my camera and go to, go to parties and dance my ass off and meet people from all over, like, all the walks of the world. And you have no idea how much everyone has, like, in common. Right. And I think that, like, meeting people from all over the world is super, like humbling yeah humility is universal it's universal and we all come from so many different backgrounds and so many different places but there's so much relativity in Mm -hmm. our struggles and i think it's kind of amazing when you come from something like that and then you're you see yourself now and you're in this position where you're traveling the world and you're making music and you're directing videos for people and you're Mm -hmm. photographing Places you would have never dreamed you could have made it to. Exactly. Like I said earlier, like, I've always been inspired by, like, the movies that I watched and the music that I heard in those thrift stores when I was a child. And, like, oh, yeah. punk, like punk culture and, like, metal culture, hardcore culture. Yeah. And I always felt like there's so many stories to tell here. And I'm, I feel lucky to have a camera and like go around the world and capture these things. Even like the things that I've always dreamed of seeing in person that I would like look at through like the books in school. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go there and I'm going to take a fucking photo of it. And you did it. And <laughs> there's so it. many people who don't do it. And I think they just feel discouraged. And so it's like when I, one of the reasons I want to bring you on this show too is because it's like against all odds like mm-hmm. you know you are the like the exception mm-hmm. to a certain situation and so many of us can overcome those situations if we just like push and believe in ourselves really and don't take no for a fucking answer and my mom definitely taught me that like don't take no for an answer because someone's no can be someone's yes and going places and seeing things really opens up your chakras into like believing in yourself and like creating like what you want to project to the world i love that just like a simple photograph can make someone believe like that they could do anything it's really powerful because you're creating something that's outside of the world that you're like immediately perceiving Mm -hmm. and you're creating a space for like vision and imagination and we all have that inside of us but not everybody has the wherewithal or the bravery to actually pursue that so it is a lot of hard work like yeah i've worked shitty jobs that i don't want i've heard no from a billion people lived home to I think home it's just, i think it's just like perseverance like you if you have an idea in your head like don't let it go because one no can be someone's yes and i think like it's interesting because it's like yeah you moved to la but it, the story doesn't like magically become great there no, it's like you're still not. struggling and you're living home to home and you're mm-hmm. you're finding your place in this world and you're finding the others and i'm so happy that you found us of course. and we found you really like it was yeah 
It was such a like a crazy blessing. Cause when I, I met you, yeah. we were at a party called Purple Thirty Three. Okay. And then <laughs> we were at a party called Purple Thirty Three. Yeah, an underground Burning Man party. We were so fucked up, and I remember us like talking, and we were like, "We're gonna be roommates." And yeah, a couple, yeah, yeah. A couple months later, we're. I don't say that roommates. to anyone either. It's crazy. No, like I immediately like met I you, think... and I was like, "That's." That's my brother. I think it's, like, like, you have... You can't be scared to, like, go out and, like, find your people. Like, it's super important to find people who vibe with you, think the same way as you, but don't get stuck in that bubble because everyone has a point of view and it's super inspiring to, like, talk. Yeah, to connect with others. We were talking about how you're a Libra and I'm a Leo and, like... You know, not everyone's favorite signs, but, like, it comes from a big... Are you sure about that? I mean, secretly, of course, but, like, they pretend, so... But, you know, you love us. Right. And, you know, it comes from this, like, big personality and this, like, thirst and hunger for, like, connection and, like, world experiences. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're an extrovert because it doesn't mean, like, you have your own things, Well, you know? if I could say, like, as a Libra, like, I feel like I'm super introverted Mm -hmm. but I'm also an extrovert so like I have that duality where like I I want to spend time by myself like I need that time so a bitch doesn't get slapped that's why like during this pandemic like it's really hard to like kind of find like that space where you can go out and like meet new people right all of us are you know right right now i think with like with the libras and leos it's like there's sort of a balance to the extrovert introvert so like when you're forced to like only be basically you an introvert introvert? no no it's true i have to recharge so you know i can be my best self but it is hard when like now you're kind of forced into introvertism only and mm-hmm. so to be denied of that like connection I feel like I've been such an introvert like force forcely mm-hmm. is that even a word but um like, <laughs> <laughs> like growing up like growing up I had to be like a, like I was trained to be an introvert so like right. as soon as like I got like my own power and like my own voice I'm just like like, fucking vomit out of my mouth game over yeah no I love your like outspokenness I think you're hilarious you vlog on your story all the time which like is you know everyone has a story but like yours is genuinely (laughs) like a tv channel like you could follow me as Roddick on instagram yes absolutely (laughs) don't miss out and it's hilarious and like you don't coin yourself as a comedian but I think that you're your your taste of like humor is really like just such an addition to your art as well. Honestly, I think like that humor comes from trauma because if yeah. like if I can laugh at it, then I could live with it. And if right. I can I could I can make someone laugh, then we're all good. Yeah. You and know? it kind of breaks this bubble of like comfortability. It's For like sure. guess what we're all uncomfortable. Honestly, making someone laugh is like one of my favorite feelings in the world because it's it's such a connection that not a lot of people talk about, but it's like if we could laugh together at something that we find completely stupid, then we're connected. Yeah, then this is a bond <laughs> and it sure. ain't going nowhere. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are, are a little bit, you know, they take themselves very seriously and they are more shy and like I completely understand where people like that come from, but they need people like you where you kind of like bring someone out of their shell. Like even when you met me and Sophia and some of our other close friends, like Mm -hmm. you helped all of us be a 
a be who we are, but in a larger version of ourselves. I just think that like I don't like to take life too seriously because when it's too serious, life becomes a job, and like yeah. no one likes to like go to work. Or... And like life has been serious for us from the jump, so right. it's like, can we please? And like, honestly, have some laughing fun? is like my favorite thing to do. If I could die laughing, I will die at peace. No, totally. I think it's a form of therapy. And, <laughs> like, it's kind of, like, you know, like, brainwashed there because, like, you don't know what's happening when right. you, when it's going down. Like, even with your mom or someone who comes from a place where, like, therapy isn't taken so seriously. But if you can, like, make jokes out of certain things, you're actually talking about them mm-hmm. and, like, finding and a positive way. And it's lighthearted and it's fun. Like, yeah. who doesn't like to laugh? If you don't like to uh, laugh, like, come on. And, like, you have to laugh at it when you've survived it. For you sure. know? It, like, kind of takes the, like, the heaviness of it and creates it into a space where you can now change that and you totally. can make it into art yeah. or whatever you might. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really amazing how you kind of translated your own upbringing with music and with Victorville and with El Salvador and everything and you translated that into fashion you really push boundaries mm-hmm. and you're so creative yeah I mean coming from Victorville like I've always expressed myself through fashion a lot differently and I've always got like those stares and those comments of like people right. like what are the you fuck used is... to that because like you've I, always I been that am, way since I've I met you to that. I am used to that and I got used to that a long time ago and it's like I'm so sorry that I like to yeah. express myself through the way that I look like I'm Please like, don't apologize. I, I would love to know what makes you so uncomfortable about the way that I look. Yeah. I look so good that you're like, oh shit, you want to fuck? <laughs> you want to <laughs> fuck me or something? No, to be honest, like when we first started hanging out, like that was such a thing. Like I always thought like me and Sophia and you know, we all were always so like we are this and we're proud of it. But you took it to a whole other level for us because you really are someone that is like, this is my style. This is who I am. I'm going to dress this way. And, like, I really don't give a fuck. I do think I think it's because I felt that. like I've, I've always had the odds against me. Like, I am an right. immigrant child. I am really big. I have a really crazy personality. So I like to put that on. And, like, when I feel like I look really, really good, I can empower other people to feel the way that I feel. Hell yeah. yeah. I definitely, I think that's why your brand, Ezrotic, is going to be such a beautiful space for other people who want that and who want to come out of their shell to like contact you and work with you of course you know it's like that space where you're allowed to be creative and get surreal or weird or like Mm -hmm. eccentric and kind of pop out of the box for sure where can i'm like a pop star on acid hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) that comes from the pits of hell (laughs) speaking of pop stars let's get into the gay q a so the person you've been wanting to fuck just hit you up. You have 10 minutes to get ready. What's your makeup look? A lot of black eyeliner. Um, that's about it. 10 minutes. I have 10 minutes black to put on eyeliner. a lot of black eyeliner. That's on. it. All right. Ready to go. Got it. <laughs> Solid. What's your ideal blind date like? I don't really think that I'm would be good at a blind date but if i were to have the opportunity i think they would be really scared of me okay so that's not their ideal but exactly. it's your idea just don't take you to a movie theater as long as there's vodka involved i'm done 
Right. Like, a little alcohol is okay. For sure. I think um, a lot of people are like, oh, should I drink? Should I not drink? And it's just no, like, guys, this drinking. is the first date. Like, let's just be real. Just so take me to a movie theater or a restaurant. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> can we be more hetero? <laughs> so, <laughs> what's one of your thoughtiest hookups? And I'll share one of mine, too. Just to Thoughtiest hookups. That's crazy. I've had a lot of them. Right. Um... I recently hooked up with somebody in New Orleans and <laughs> I missed my court date because of it. <laughs> yes. So maybe now I have a mm-hmm. warrant for my arrest. So if you're listening, uh, LAPD, sorry. Yeah, or New Orleans PD. Or no, it's definitely LAPD. Oh, it's LAPD. You got a court date here. Right, 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 right. right. But I was in New Orleans, you see. I was getting fucked really, really bad. Yeah, I think uh, my thoughtiest hookup was probably hooking up with one of my Uber drivers. Right. No Uber drivers ever fucked me. Am I that ugly? What's going on? No, I remember when I told you, you're like, wait a second, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, why are we like this? Like, why? But you know what? I I have no regrets. I think it's just such a beautiful thing to like express yourself sexually For and sure. like when you're no horny, shame. you're horny. Hell yeah, no shame. Like when you're horny, you're horny, baby. Hashtag let us that. live. When you're horny, you're horny. If you had to choose forever between wearing sequins, fur, or glitter, what would it be? Mm. You can never wear the other one ever again. Fuck, that's crazy. Only I one. can't believe you would ask me this question. It's a I'm fact. so gay. Yeah. Exactly. I think I have to choose glitter. <laughs> <laughs> Throw some glitter on it, honey. Throw some glitter on the hoe. Yep. Which is me. What are some rock stars that you are attracted to? My first rock star that I was ever sexually attracted to was Rob Halford from Judas Priest. And I remember having a magazine of him and masturbating to him. Thank you. And uh, he did like one of my pictures on Instagram, which is like the most validating thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, like your your children. So, Rob, if you're listening to this. this, like, what up? What's up? Where you been at? You know, hit my line. So, describe the outfit you would wear to the ever-so-traditional prom. Honestly, I've never been to prom. I didn't go to my prom. I'd even walk the stage to get my diploma. But if I did go to prom, I'd probably show up as Carrie. And (laughs) (laughs) Did anyone start their period today, or was it just me? It was just you. (laughs) And now everyone else did, too. If you could fuck one state... Which state would it oh, be? Oh, fuck. California. It's the biggest and longest. Like, let's go, Daddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I'm from Florida, the Wang. So, you oh, know. Oh, shit. I would, I would definitely have a threesome with Cali in Florida. Know. I think that's why I can't choose. And I love living in both because they just so long They're and so big. Long. Mm. Have you ever drove through Florida? Um, Of course. Yes. Wait. And, you know. It got a little bit. We can't talk about that on the air. <laughs> so, for my last and final Q and A question. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> if you could kill. What was that? A penis pump? Exactly. And I'm like, please don't touch it. I don't need one, but if you have one. <laughs> if you could kill, fuck, or marry. Oof. Rob Zombie. I. Nicki Minaj. The Queen. Or Jonathan from Corn. Damn. What is this, Mary Fuck Kill? 
Yeah, get the tooth. All right. I think I would marry Rob Zombie because um, he's definitely an inspiration to me from music and directing films. I would definitely marry him. Daddy. I think I would have to fuck Nicki Minaj because, like, who doesn't want to fuck Nicki Minaj? Are you kidding me? Like, what a uh, blessing. Bitch, I'll be in the trap. Yeah. Anywhere in the world. He's all up in the uh, trap. And sorry, Jonathan, but you have to go. Yeah, you're getting killed. You're getting killed. <laughs> In the most beautiful, erotic way ever. Thank you, Ezzy, for Thank coming you for on me. today. Can you please tell us where we can find you on Instagram and make sure to spell it out so these hoes know where to go? I have to remember how to spell because I'm so drunk for having me. Shout out to Literal Thoughts Radio. Tastemakers on Dash Radio, baby. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Ezzy. Thank you, babe. I love you. I love you. Thank you guys for listening to episode two of Literal Thoughts. In case anyone was wondering, the introduction song is Bitchcraft by Dana Dentata. Now please enjoy a playlist by Ezrotic. They told us we were girls, and we talk, just look, and cry. They told us we were girls, so we claimed our female lives. Now they tell us we are girls, our femininity doesn't fit. Let me bust that UE, bitch bust that open Might spend a couple thou just to bust that open Rip it off, no joking, like in they Hulk Hogan Niggas move weight in the south, but live in Hoboken Bitch, I spit that crap, like I'm in that trap So if you need a hit, then I'm with that bad Bitches ain't shit and they ain't say nothing A hundred motherfuckers can't tell me nothing I bees in the trap, beat bees in the trap I bees in the trap, big bees in the trap. Bitches ain't shit and they ain't saying nothing. A hundred motherfuckers can't tell me nothing. I bees in the trap, big bees in the trap. I bees in the trap, big bees in the trap. Damn, damn, what they say about me? I don't know, man. Fuck this on your biscuit.
upon a time, there was a little black girl in the Brewster Projects of Detroit, Michigan. At 15, she was spotted by an Ebony Fashion Fair talent scout, and her modeling career took off. Hold up. Pose. 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 Big ass, look back, pose, face down, ass up, touch your toes. Ayy, hate me, so what? Fuck these hoes. Ayy, I need this pussy on his nose. Ayy, spread it out, spread it out, pose. Uh, need a hundred racks for a show, huh? They showing pics of they doctor. Ayy, they say that Megan is gold. He want me to hit him first. Hmm, that'll happen when he in a hearse. Hey, I drop a pick on the gram. Hey, now he come with the thirst. Hey, work, 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 pose, work, work, click, click, pose. Fuck that bitch, try put the fee on it. Uh uh, bet put the free on it. If it's about money, then we on it. Water on my neck, you could ski on it. You can't undo all these dollars, put the heat on it. I was laying in my bed while she dreamed on it. Man, I touched that thing back, put my knee on it. Man, my shoes was too fresh, put my feet on it. Went to the jewel, top at the mall. 24 hours, then I was snowed. I was not locked up, you wasn't holding. I know some niggas got life in they pose. All in they picture, she know I'm richer. Yeah, to her nigga, look at my wrist. Hut you feel sick, I do not miss her. She not enough. I need a friend, I feel like Trisha Total my car, I cannot fix it She posted a pic, make the bitch lick it I got a laugh, I got a fist She ride on my dick, like it's a ripstick Smack on her bottom like that, shit have missed it I'm 30 M's in, still in the trenches Went to the dentist, cause I'm a menace Fuck the old cougar, just for her bitch Pose, 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 pose Pose, 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 pose.